appreciators we are back yeah, on baby. today's episode we are talking about three great new shows that just appeared out of nowhere to begin the year mm-hmm. and just a spoiler riches and also we might play a little game with evan and you can play along <laughs> my god that sounded a little <laughs> creepy so scary <laughs> what if what if that's how jigsaw sounded i was excited and now i'm terrified <laughs> you wake up in this like just like unfinished basement like we're gonna play a little game i'm just chained to a urinal (laughs) (laughs) oh okay the game is see if you can pee in this teeny tiny kid's (laughs) urinal (laughs) here's a step stool yeah Uh, as as two guys who've like kind of grew up in churches that have uh like the kind of tiny little kids urinals that is a uh unique challenge that is a unique challenge yeah and i had i had no idea this is where the podcast was going when we some people out there know exactly what we're talking about and some people are horrified yeah if you've ever worked in a school or like grew up at like a church with like a children's ministry and there's like those bathrooms just designed for only for very tiny human beings yeah well that's the thing that always got me is like when you're like preschool age are you using a urinal no I, well, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I guess if you have the opportunity. But also, it seems like a waste of a bathroom it to is. have like a tiny bathroom. Yeah. Like, because there are bathrooms that are designed solely for like, it's like the sink is like child height. Mm-hmm. The, the, like everything in the bathroom is child height. Where it's like, it seems like if you are, are just if tissues. you're an adult with an emergency, yeah. it seems like a complete waste <laughs> Of a bathroom opportunity. You oh, know dude, what I mean? you know what? That's a great, that'd be a great bit in like a comedy movie where it's like a guy who works at like a, at like a kindergarten or preschool or something. He, sure. has, he has to go so bad because he ate something. And the, the only bathroom available is the little tiny toddler's bathroom. Maybe he shouldn't work there. It, I don't know. I just, I feel like it feels illegal for some reason. Yeah. Men cannot work with kids. Yeah. <laughs> it should just be a, it should be a building that was, uh, that's undergoing renovations that yeah. used to be a preschool. Oh yeah. And he has a bathroom emergency and he goes into this building and finds only child bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Well, anyway, okay. before then, yeah, before then, uh, like I said, up top, uh, there's been three great shows that started this year. We Sesame got street, Sesame street two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. Revenge. Go ahead. Uh, or Bernie's no Bernie. <laughs> I got my Sesame Street characters mixed up. Oh my God, I'm gonna just spit out my drink. <laughs> Everyone knows that classic Sesame that Street classic character, Sesame. Bernie. Bernie's revenge. Well, like, well, don't not you know, only is it a made-up Sesame Street character, he also is seeking revenge for something. Well, I don't know if you saw, but in the season finale of Sesame Street last year, Bert and Ernie went into a machine and they merged, <laughs> and they became Bernie. <laughs> so you uh, haven't you haven't been keeping up which is weird because you're the one with a kid yeah so you think you know this no but anyway uh we have the last of us on hbo we have poker face on peacock and maybe the lesser known of the three well maybe not maybe but definitely we have um oh what is it called shrinking shrinking <laughs> yeah it's love definitely it's definitely lesser known i guess love the show andrew doesn't even know it's called. i just i just call it the harrison ford comedy in my head <laughs> um but shrinking on apple tv with harrison ford and jason siegel which if you would have told me a year ago that would yeah. be a tv show pairing that would exist i'd be like you're lying there's no way jason siegel and harrison ford would be in a show together. it's a great pairing too it is it really is it's a great pairing 
So Evan and I just wanted to take the opportunity to talk about these shows because it's kind of weird in January, February. I feel like people are usually looking for shows around this time because yeah. often there there's not a lot to choose from around this time of year. And it's rare that you get three such good shows at the beginning of the year whenever, um, you know, I it's it's odd for me to think, could this be my favorite show this year? Yeah in january yeah absolutely yeah there's usually like one big marquee show somewhere you're like okay that's yeah. gonna pop up at the beginning of the year but the fact that hbo dropped the last of us and nbc peacock dropped poker face um which if you don't know that's ryan johnson's new tv show that's kind of that's kind of trying to go to the Columbo formula, mm-hmm. mystery of the week and it's really good it's so good already four episodes out so we just wanted to talk about all three of these because, I mean, both of us like them all and we want the opportunity to talk about them. And mm-hmm. we thought maybe if you guys knew one of them or a couple of them, we could expose you to the other couple ones. Yeah. You don't or know if about. you're looking for a show to watch right now, I mean, just these are super solid shows that you should get yeah. into for sure. And they're on three different streaming platforms. So yeah, there's so a good chance drop some money. that you have at least one of these yeah. <laughs> streaming platforms. Yeah. Well, before we get into that real quick. I realized we haven't played a game on here in a while. Yeah, we haven't. And you know, <laughs> I was, <laughs> you I was so like you're I was so excited before, and and you made it seem like yeah. you were gonna torture me. No, and uh, because you know, those who've been listening for a while know I used to regular regularly, you know, surprise Evan with a quiz or game or something. Yes, yes. To test his knowledge, and I think for the listeners, it's fun to kind of play along. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a name for this game. But make one up. Uh. And then we're going to make up a game today. <laughs> what? I don't know. I was trying my, to, I was oh trying to my buy time with God. the song. We're going to call this. Never mind, sir. We're going to call this I Am DB'd. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you three movies. All right. They're not really like in order of like year or anything. Just three random movies from an actor's I Am DB. Okay. And you have to tell me what one actor unites all three of those movies. Okay, interesting, yes. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Green Lantern. Okay. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. So. Uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And Free Guy. I mean, I think it's uh, Ja Rule. Who? Is it Ja Rule? No. Wait, is he even in those? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's that I was trying to pick not an obvious one. I mean, that's a good direction to go. Uh, because it's not. Um, it's not the obvious choice. It's not the obvious choice. Um, so again, Green Lantern came I, out in 2011. Free Guy 2021. You should cut out that I said Ja Rule because I think I'm thinking the right nope. guy. Nope. <laughs> but. It's the wrong name, and I don't know the guy's name. I, honestly, you said Jerul, and I was like, I'm gonna pretend I know who that is. Uh, That's okay. You can have a you can have a bad guess. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Were you thinking Jai Courtney? No. Um. Well, I'm just gonna say this. Um, whatever scent you are on, it's probably the wrong direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not Blake Lively. <laughs> No. Because she was in Green Lantern. She was in one of those movies. Um, 
once you think of it, you're going to be like, oh, snap. I thought it was his side. Uh, I thought it was his sidekick in Free Guy. And Free Guy, um, I don't think he had a sidekick. He had like a love interest. No, he the cop. Oh yeah, yeah, his yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who was that? That was a. Uh, I thought that was Ja Rule. That's who I. Oh, buddy, little Rel Howry. Little Rel. Little Rel. That's who it is. Yeah. Not Ja Rule. <laughs> Yeah. Shows what I know about anything. Yeah, you don't know anything, man. Oh, he was in Poker Face in an episode coming up. Boom. Uh, and I think Laurel was also in... Uh, what was the second movie you mentioned? We got Green Lantern, Free Green Guy, Lantern, and The Free Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, I thought he was in two of those, Laurel. I hope, um, you, I hope you get back on track. It, it, he's The actor is prominent in Free Guy and Green Lantern, and he's marginally... Taika Waititi. Yes. Taika no Waititi. Way. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So for those because I don't who, I don't remember him being in one of those at all. Yeah. I just was like, oh, I know he's in two. For those of you who've forgotten, he was the sidekick in Green Lantern. He was the boss in Free Guy. Yeah. And he played um, Rat Girl's father. I think that's her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just it just sounds like an insult. Rat girl's dad. Rat, yeah. rat girl. Rat girl. Uh, what was her name? Rat catcher. Rat rat catcher. Yes. Okay. It's not such, rat girl. It's it's a funny superhero name because it's so obvious. Of like this is exactly what you do, and it's just exactly what your name is. Rat yeah. catcher. Okay. You want to do one more before we get sidetracked? Sure, I, I feel like I'm a little embarrassed by the the jaw rule guess. Uh, do you want to pull up an a, an actor and test me? Oh my god, this wasn't even close to what he looks like. <laughs> that dude, was, you're, dude, you're canceled. That was a wild you guess. You are canceled. That is a wild guess. If anybody knows <laughs> what those two actors look like, one's a musician too. Uh, that that's just. Oh, hey wow. man, hey you're Dang. a human. You are a human. Wow. All right, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> but you know what you don't suck at? What? Talking about TV shows. Well, I think certain people online would argue with you about that. Which is what we're going to do right now. Okay. All right, so three great TV shows have come out. Um, all three very different. We have a post-apocalyptic kind of serious drama. We have a throwback murder mystery of the week in Poker Face. And we have a... Um, therapeutic comedy and shrinking. Yes. Uh, out of the three of those, which do you feel the most compelled to talk about first? Because they're all great. Probably Poker Face. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I I feel the most compelled to talk about Poker Face first. Yeah. I I like that because I think most people are going to be like, oh, they're going to talk about Last of Us. You yeah, know? sure. And don't get me wrong, really enjoying Last of Us. Yeah. But Poker Face is, I, I think it's that it's unexpected. Yeah. I didn't really expect it to be very good. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not true. I saw Ryan Johnson on it and I was like, it's got to be good. Yeah. But I am not a huge fan of Natasha Leone. Mm -hmm. uh, and I haven't seen her in much before. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, from the trailers, it didn't grab me. And so you had watched it and said, like, this is a very good show. So I started watching it. And, like, within the first 15 minutes of the first episode, I was in. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. So it's 
to me a little unexpected i think which is why i'm liking it even more like do you know whenever you you get surprised by something yeah oh, that you yeah. weren't expecting for it to be as good as it is that's kind of the best theater uh experience that you could possibly have is going into a movie and and loving it and not not thinking i'm gonna really like this going into it and and getting surprised by how good it is. That's kind of how I felt about poker face, but I love the, uh, the format of it. I absolutely love that. It has an overarching, like a longer storyline that it's playing out and Mm -hmm. that it gives our character motivation and it gives the main character, um, kind of a secondary task. That's always sizzling on the back burner Mm -hmm. where your every decision that she makes has consequences for this other thing that's going on but there's a but there's a different kind of focus for every episode and i really like that kind of shorter uh the shorter story arc mixed with an overarching greater arc as well for those of you who who aren't aware of the show just real quickly the premise is natasha leone plays basically like a a verabond a vagrant Mm -hmm. Yeah. who has this vagabond vagabond what's what a verabond it? you know it's a brand of chocolate that came out in the <laughs> 70s <laughs> it's a vagabond uh, okay see, look you know we're all imperfect <laughs> some of us are gonna just surprisingly yeah. guess ja rule at, <laughs> at any turn look, and others are i know gonna... every actor's imdb down to a fall but i can't say a vagabond. normal word like vagabond <laughs> She's a, I think I tried to like combine vagabond and vagrant. Like, yeah. You know, a verabond, a verabond, you know, kind of oh, nomadic. That, sound, that sounds like a, like a lotion or something. Like, oh, verabond. Dry skin. Try verabond. verabond. <laughs> uh, yeah, but kind of nomadic. Yeah. Nomadic. Moves around a lot. Kind of, kind of a job to job type person. Yeah. And she has this unique skill, which is never, which I love. They never really define it. They just kind of demonstrate it, which is she has this unnatural ability to tell whenever anyone's lying. Yep. Purposefully lying, not just like confused or just anyone who's being manipulative. She can tell instantly. Anyone that tells her something that's untrue. She doesn't know why or she doesn't she can't make sense of it all the time. But it would be like, well, you lied about that. I don't know why. That's a weird thing to lie about. And so she used to be a poker player and used the skill to make money. But she got basically, you know, blacklisted from all the big poker tournaments Mm -hmm. and and casinos because everyone kind of thought she was cheating because she just always knew when people were bluffing. Right. Um, And basically, I don't want to spoil the premiere episode, but... Uh, someone with nefarious motives tries to recruit her mm-hmm. and that starts her journey of going across the country on the run and each episode she ends up at a different small town in the country and runs into a murder plot and just because she's nosy she just always tries to figure out what happened because she can tell people are lying but she doesn't know why and that makes her investigate and like Evan said, it's it's a throwback show, and that's why I love it, because, you know, as someone who's been a diehard TV binger my whole life, even before binging, and I know you were the same, um, someone who had DVD copies of, like, Smallville and the mm-hmm. X-Files and Seinfeld Buffy. and Buffy yeah. um, would just throw in disc after disc or then watch TV show reruns on TV I just grew up loving that old school 20 episode a week formula where each episode is its own self-contained story 
while throughout the season there being a larger arc. Mm-hmm. And though nowadays everything's streaming and TV shows and and streamers want you to just go to the next episode, go to the next episode immediately. Right. I find myself at this era in my life with more responsibilities, less free time, really appreciating shows that can deliver to me a perfectly round um, set up payoff episode yeah. and just one 40 minute to one hour experience. Yeah. And that way I, I I got what I wanted and I can move on and I'm not like... I don't have three hours to to get through all these, you know, yeah, like cliffhangers each episode. Like right. I, I only have an hour. I just got home from work, you know. So I'm loving the structure of Poker Face. Sometimes it, it feels like the the ten episode long arc. Though I love those shows, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like they're a little. They leave you a little unsatisfied at times. Yeah, so much so that it's like painful to not go to the next episode. Yeah. Or, you know, or it's like, well, I've been, wa- I've watched three episodes straight. I, I can't go to the next episode. Yeah. Uh, it's nice in a world of, of a lot of those kinds of shows to have these single bites that are like very satisfying that you get to the end of the episode and there is a larger story going on. Yes. Yeah. That's still happening over many episodes, but there was a satisfying conclusion to a smaller contained story and it, something about that helps me to stop watching it. Yeah. Where it's like, I both, I've seen two episodes of Poker Face and both episodes, I watched one and then like went to bed or like did yeah. something else. And it was like, okay, like I was satisfied. That was a great, like contained story. I felt like it had a period on the end of the sentence, so to yeah. say. And, um, and I was able to kind of sit with it and digest it and yeah. and do it that way, which I think is a lost way of watching TV to a certain extent these days. Yeah. And here's why I think it's coming back. And I say it's coming back like every show's doing it, but not every show is, but it is. There are more shows doing it and shrinking is a good example yeah. of that. And I think the reason people like Ryan Johnson are, are telling themselves this is a good time to drop it is the reason why shows were structured that way in the past was because there's a handful of networks and they have all these slots. So they have, you know, different shows for different hours. So like for me growing up, middle school, high school, you know, way back in the mid two thousands, you know, old, you know, after dinner, you got, you you know, each night you have like two or three shows you're looking forward to that. What's on tonight. And they can't be structured in a cliffhanger streaming structure because you're not going to be, you're not going to feel satisfied enough to watch the new show on that network that comes off in the eight o'clock hour. So you need to watch the seven o'clock hour show, feel satisfied and then be like, Oh, house is on at eight o'clock. Okay. I'll watch house. And it's like, Oh, you know, like there's something coming on after house at nine o'clock hour. And if they had this streaming structure, all you'd want to do is watch the next episode of house and not watch the other show on that network has or, yeah. So everything had to be structured like that. Well, then, the era of Netflix and, you know, only a hand, maybe two or three streamers. The history of TV with Andrew Drake. Yeah. <laughs> when there are only a couple of streamers, you're like, okay, yep. great. I'm going to go and just really dive into what these two or three streaming apps have and just dive in. I could really immerse myself. Well, now there's 12 different streaming channels. Yeah. And it's almost like back in the day when there was cable and there's, 
you know, seven or eight like channels yeah. vying for and your And they're attention. all starting to drop weekly episodes rather yeah. than drop them all at once. And when, when all of those streamers drop bingeable content, it's almost like overlord. Like I can't watch four episodes of of this show and then try and binge whatever Peacock has and then try and binge whatever uh, you know Paramount Plus had. I just can't. Yeah. And so it's way more manageable when you go, oh, I can just watch one episode of Poker Face, feel satisfied. I can go over to Apple TV, watch one episode of Shrinking, feel satisfied, and then I can go over to Paramount Plus and watch whatever you know one episode, one episode of star trek you know one episode of last of us on hbo max and yeah. feel absolutely crippled and feel just devastated by you know? sadness. Like, strange new worlds is doing that episodic episodic format yeah. and I, I don't know i'm just loving it because it just fits my life a lot better and i'm sure some people disagree and, and love diving in but it's kind of a blend of the old days like you were saying like what's on tv on tuesday night like yeah. what is there to watch after dinner yep but it's any night of the week it doesn't have to be like on a certain night or a certain day mm -hmm. you can go watch it anytime you want and it's one episode a week so it's like just because the show drops on sunday night doesn't mean i have to watch it sunday night. yeah that's and, the flexibility yeah. yeah and so it's kind of like that flexibility that modernizing it gives you while also having that week-to-week -week episode. Yeah. And here's what I'll say, especially Poker Face, is I think sometimes people hear episodic, and then they equate that with formulaic. Sure. And while Poker Face does have a formula, and older shows like it, you know, kind of like the X-Files, Columbo, you know, yada yada, uh, episode of the week, Poker Face in those older shows, the reason it doesn't feel stale is because you're being thrown into a new environment and a new batch of characters. It always feels new because like the X-Files, uh, like the X-Files does Poker Face, each episode starts with a new city with these new interesting characters you've never seen before. Yep. And their, and their unique quirks. Yep. And you get like 10, 15 minutes of that. And then your main character comes in. Yeah. But it never feels stale because you're always getting these new scenarios, these new stories. Though you have it set up similarly, there's always something new, and that's why it doesn't feel stale. So I don't want anyone to hear episodic and think, well, it's just going to be the same thing every week. Well, it's and you, not. Well, and you think about episodic TV or TV that has a formula, mm -hmm. and like, on one hand, you could say that that's a bad thing. And on the other, you could say that's kind of there's a comforting mm -hmm. thing about that. Whenever I turned on the second episode of Poker Face and realized kind of what the show was going to be like, I felt like it was like I, I got comfortable. I was like, yeah. oh, so I kind of like understand where this is going and what's happening. And I think some people would say that that's a bad thing. But I think it's a great thing because, first of all, you get that comfort that you don't always get from modern tv shows because i mean let's face it really since uh game of thrones and breaking mm -hmm. bad and shows like that started coming out that were super um, like um, unbelievable tv shows but like main characters would die yeah. and it was scary and heartbreaking sometimes and it's nice to go back to a show and like get introduced to new characters and like know the format and be able to feel comfortable in that and know that your detective like your person that's going to to save the day is there and they're going to save the day at the end of the episode most likely. Yeah. I mean, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know what they're going to do later. Yeah. But um, I don't know. But I think the difference between like a regular network show and Poker Face 
is that the writing is unbelievable. Yep. And the directing is really good, but also the acting. I think the difference is in yeah. that they're getting, and I'm guessing a little on the rest of the show, but I think they're going to have really good guest stars. Yeah. Like unbelievable guest stars. Well, they, they had Adrian Brody in the first episode that's, and that was the, so cool. And Natasha Leone is great. And the acting has been the caliber of which you would see in a feature film. And it was hard for me to switch my brain off in the first episode. And I thought it was, I kept thinking this is a movie. I kept thinking like, Oh, we're coming to the end of the movie. And then realizing there's more show yeah. there's more episodes and so that really excited me and then for that second episode to start realize it's so good the acting is so good the writing is so good it's so compelling i feel comfortable kind of in that format yeah and then realize oh there's it's a show like it's gonna keep going and it just made me feel like give me a million of these yeah. <laughs> like give me so many more of these episodes yeah. I, I think ever since like the game of thrones emerged on the scene yeah uh, old school TV format has been criticized to death. And I'm, yeah. I will acknowledge there are huge negatives to that. Like 20 episode per season. We got to stretch this out. Yeah. A, a monster of the week episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a lot of the benefits of it get overlooked, especially juxtaposed with streaming shows where it's just all just like bingeable, like, like an eight hour movie, whatever. Yeah. Is there's actually more creative freedom in a formulaic show. And here's why you'd think, wait, how, how can there, there's a formula because there's a, there's not a, you have to keep maintaining the same story week to week mm -hmm. and like really tell this one long story because of that, you can actually take episodes and break formula. Mm -hmm. a, a show like game of Thrones can't eight episodes in go, we're going to change the genre. Yeah. Or, or we're going to throw in new characters you've never seen before yeah. until a bottle episode. Yeah. It can't do that. It has to keep forward dramatic momentum. Yeah. Because it's like, we have to figure out, you know, did Jon Snow, did he die? Or is he coming back? Or are they related? You know, you have Bro, to keep spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's and so giving the example yeah. that is the biggest spoiler yeah. in the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, but anyway, like, so like a show like the X-Files, I'm going to keep talking about it because it's one of my favorite shows of yeah, all yeah. time. Mm -hmm. I think like the X-Files has a formula. Oh, this weird thing happened in this part of the country. Send FBI's X-Files unit, you know, and figure out, is it aliens? Is it a monster? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, Mulder believes, Scully doubts. Do that 20 times a season. Yeah. But the thing about the X-Files is they would take time to go, okay, let's do a completely just off the wall comedy episode where it's just like just satirical and almost making fun of the show itself. Okay. Yeah. Now let's do like a hardcore, almost rated R horror story Yeah. where there's an episode that like famously has been cut from reruns because it's so just like, wow, it's like right on the border of rated R. Yeah. Oh, let's do a, you know, and then you have shows like Buffy, let's do a musical episode <laughs> Yeah. or let's, uh, let's, put Mulder and Scully in the background and primarily make this episode about a character you've never seen before. And they're just kind of in the back. There's more room for creativity. And because you have so many episodes, the creator, the showrunner doesn't write them all. So you get all these outside writers that come yeah. in and put their stamp on the show. Yeah. So it always feels fresh, even though there's a formula, right? Shows like game of Thrones and all those other ones, like they, they sometimes have 
uh, two or three extra writers besides the main showrunner. But it's usually driven by the the showrunner. The single voice. Yeah. The single voice. And shows like Poker Face was Ryan Johnson wrote and directed three episodes. The other episodes are written and directed by different people. So there's more room for creativity and differences. And, and already just in the first four episodes, there's a couple directors that did something like very interesting and different yeah. that I found fresh. It's like, yeah. I love Ryan Johnson, but it would start to feel stale. And I think he knows this if he did all... 10 episodes yeah and i and i think with that formulaic style of tv mm -hmm. uh in particular because i don't want to i don't want to come across like i'm speaking against shows like Maravistown town or game of thrones or uh better call saul or you know that are created yeah. by like one singular voice yeah uh, because those are amazing but i think what we're trying to say is there's room for both of those because i feel like for a long time people that love game of thrones or um hbo style of like long form television yep. have thrown away networks format tv yeah. and i've been one of those guys for sure where i was like i am done with that style of television i never want to watch mm -hmm. it again uh and ryan johnson has come along and started to change my mind because yeah. i think that there is something to that formula that is great but uh, he's doing it in a way that's that's fresh and that is very good, and and I think so often I talked about the acting and writing and directing. So often the quality is lower whenever you get into that style of television, but what he's proving is that no, you can make it super good, really high quality. Mm -hmm. The acting can be great, and we can use this formula and have the best of both worlds a little bit. And I love that. And well, I, and I think the, there's room for both styles of, of TV to exist. These modern versions of this are eliminating what the biggest criticism was, is they're doing this in 10 episodes, not 22. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because I love X-Files. I love those types of Monster of the Week shows, but you cannot make 22 great episodes. There's going to be five or six that are like, eh. That's tough. Forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. But when you get 10... Mm -hmm. there's your chances of making all 10 memorable are really high. Yeah. So I, I think it's finding a great middle ground. And uh, yeah, I think so too. I'm actually be, I'm actually the more and more shows that do this. I'm like, actually, can we get them? Can we get them all to do it? And back to breaking bad, better call Saul. Uh, I think they found a good middle ground is yes. It was all one continuous story, but Vince being from X files. Yeah. I think he knew to, have a couple episodes in there that that kind of added something new yeah something or different he always he always brought in like new side characters to keep things fresh and guest performers and guest actors and, and he oftentimes would do those cold opens yeah that were about maybe a random character you're just getting introduced mm -hmm. to for the first time yeah and it would all be about them yeah he so. he would often do stuff like that but uh no i think that there's room for both formats of television yeah. because like you talk about the last of us that is a long form like and of course i'm using that as an example whenever the most recent episode was like <laughs> it was a self-contained a self-contained yeah. <laughs> yeah a self-contained thing but the season of tv is going to be long like yeah. a long story arc um and i still really love that format and i think there's room for that to exist Mm -hmm. and for things like poker face and shrinking to exist i agree so well now that we brought up last of us i'm sure a lot of people are craving to get our takes on it 
Um, I mean, we can talk about episode three primarily, but uh, The Last of Us, I think, is bridging that gap. You know, it's adapted from a video game, so a lot of people already know the story. I don't. I never played it. But it's, even, it's taking pretty heavy departures from the game, yeah. from what I understand. But even besides episode three, what I've loved about it is how it's bridging that gap between these two styles of TV, which we've already talked about. Whereas mm-hmm. like the cold opens for episode one and episode two yeah. are two of the best parts of the show. Yeah. And how it builds that sense of foreboding and that sense of like, it, it really sets the stakes of how scary the the fungus situation is in this world which yeah. sounds weird the fungus situation the fungus situation i don't know what the fancy term for the fungus is i don't remember i'm not gonna pretend basically the world ran out of lotrimin yeah and, <laughs> and it got out of control yeah. uh yes the fungus situation yeah the two those cold opens that especially in the first episode mm-hmm. was unbelievably good and heartbreaking which the three episodes that have dropped have been, by and large, heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in every episode, you know, it's like... Just wait for the musical episode. I mean, it's called The Last of Us, so yeah. what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Not The Best of Us. The Last, the of, last us. of Us. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it has been extremely good, and I haven't... I can't think of a lot of, exam- a lot of examples of movie or of video game adaptations. Uh but I don't think that it would be a stretch to say that this is definitely the most popular video game adaptation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the best that comes to the top of my of my head immediately, like it seems like the best video game adaptation that I've seen. Uh, everyone that has played the game seems to love it and has that hasn't played the game seems to love yeah. it which you would think usually with books it's like the people that read the book hate the show yeah you would think maybe it would be kind of the same vibe but everybody seems to really be enjoying it my favorite way to watch it is to have my ps4 controller in my hand yeah and just pretend <laughs> i'm doing it you know just, yeah like... uh let's talk about that third episode a little bit okay because it has rave reviews Mm-hmm. obviously like critically acclaimed uh it felt like it was almost not even a part of the show it yeah. was like a movie it was basically like there were some there were some parts in there with the main characters that are gonna yeah. travel through and and important things which uh that tie into the show but uh no that that main love story was the main part of the third episode and i thought it was yeah gut-wrenchingly beautiful it was like yeah heartbreaking and at the same time makes you think of your own relationship you know mm-hmm. and i thought it was very effective in that way and i've, I've thought about it for days since yeah. watching it no i it's really effective and i think there's been again on brand like the the self-contained episode or the bottle episode or whatever terminology you want to use is sure. <clears throat> yeah, technically there are some plot connections as to the difference between um, that love story and then like Joel's story. Yeah, it's like okay, now he has guns and a truck, but that's not why the episode's there. Yeah, the episode's no. there for thematic reasons is to show Joel that he can't 
believe in something in this world mm-hmm. and he can love and fight for something in this world after he's already lost his daughter and his whatever test was to love him. and because yeah. they never really define it and i i think that's part of his character yeah. he, he never he didn't want to name it because he wasn't he wasn't open his heart wasn't and, open and i think that episode too for joel it shows you how important that relationship was because yeah. in the second episode you get the you get the feeling like maybe they're not really that close that they're kind of just they've been Pin pals. helping each other for a long time yeah. but uh but but that joel and tess aren't in love Mm-hmm. They are kind of in a situation and yeah. they help each other get through that tough situation yeah. that it feels kind of like that in the second episode. But the third episode reveals it to be actually a much deeper relationship, Yeah, um, which I think is enlightening and, and nice. It, it just adds depth yeah. to Joel's character. It just the main point is like you can do a lot with a, a story over. I don't know how many episodes is going to be eight or 10 episodes. Yeah. As long as what you're doing is thematically on brand and thematically coherent in, in a show like the last of us, where I feel like the whole point of the show is how do you find hope and love in a world so messed up and so bleak? Mm-hmm. And I have not played the video game, so I don't know where it's going. I can probably kind of guess, but sure. I, I don't know. But, you know, obviously, um, Obviously, uh, the the girl in the show is going to, I think, become his surrogate daughter. Like, I think that's just obviously where yeah, it those goes. parallels are pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah, and so I think it's his arc about I lost my daughter, I lost my post apocalyptic girlfriend, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like he's just like, I get it. Why would you open your heart after all that loss? And I think the show is trying to tell him like, you can, you can, and so that's what Nick Offerman does in this episode. And he, yeah, that that part where he basically says, people like you and I are here for a reason, and it's to protect. Yeah, like it almost it almost gives him that perspective of like you do still have a purpose, like you still have something to live yep. for, like yep. and and you have to and. It, it's doubly heartbreaking because I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. At the end of the second episode, uh, Joel loses Tess, which is like, it's, it's heartbreaking for that reason. Um, uh, for Nick Offerman's character to be able to say like, yeah. you know, your purpose is to protect this person and you've already failed yeah. at that. Yeah. But then the show is kind of moving us in that natural direction of, you know, you have your kind of adopted daughter, here at least i feel like that's the direction yeah. it's going no but even just the uh the main part of the episode itself it, it was just classic tragedy storytelling where you build up a really good um ideal scenario mm-hmm. and you you get the viewers to love and appreciate and value like what they have and then you take it away yeah because it's not tragic unless the what if like what if they stayed alive the whole time were I were attractive yeah and the fact that and the fact that Nick Offerman was so pent up and reserved about who he was I think made it more endearing yeah because um I, I think it gets rid of the the like what are the odds just like too openly yeah stumble openly gay guys stumble upon each other and in the like, apocalypse and they're yeah, just, yeah. they just happen to like just be a good match you sure. know what i mean yeah, yeah. i think it gets rid of that but it also it just 
him being close off to it matches Joel's close off nature. Two different types. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. you're talking about two different sexual orientations, but um it, it really matches that Nick Offerman being so close off to like just even entertaining that desire within him. Uh-huh. I think matches Joel's like I'm not entertaining any type of any type of love whatsoever. Any type of connection whatsoever. Yeah. And so yeah. it makes it more endearing when Nick Offerman opens up because as soon as you see him be reserved, you're like, no, just open up, just open up. Like, don't, don't waste this house and neighborhood you have and don't waste what's in front of you. And that's what makes it more tragic is the fact that like he said no for so long. And then right when he finally accepts it, you take it away. That's tragedy is when you make the characters want it so bad. Mm -hmm. And then you take it away. That's how you write tragedy. And I think they did it perfectly. That's why everyone's crying Yeah, is, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the the politics of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that it has to it's that plus the way they structure the storytelling and the characters and yeah. is make the make the audience root for it, make the characters resistant, root, root, root. Once they get it, rip it away. Yeah. That's tragedy. Yeah. Well, it's a great bottle episode. One of yeah. one of the great bottle episodes in a long form TV show like that, I think. I, I agree. Um, yeah. So it was awesome. Uh, so what about, you know, going from tragedy to tragedy, uh, shrinking is a show mm-hmm. about Jason Siegel. He plays a therapist yeah. and he has lost his wife in the show. That's not a spoiler. That's like known right at the beginning of the show. And, uh, he has a daughter and he has spent the last kind of year or so disconnected from everybody that he knows and kind of distancing distancing himself and mourning in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. And so we come in on the show at a point where he's kind of hit rock bottom. Yeah. And is trying to repair some things in yeah. his life. Yeah. Interesting premise where it's like the therapist needs a therapist, you know but it's I mean? a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There definitely could have been like a hyper dramatic version of this premise. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and I, it's, I think I was saying to you, it's, um, a show that is kind of cathartic in a way, because you see somebody going through like the worst of the worst. So mm-hmm. in your mind, you're thinking, um, man, what, a, you know, I might have similar problems or like, I might be depressed a little bit, or I might have some yeah. anxiety that I'm dealing with but you know, there are people that are going through much worse and then it's cathartic to see them be able to deal with it in a way. Jason Siegel's kind of classic lighthearted approach to certain things mm-hmm. is, is fun to watch and, uh, being able to have a show that is talking about grief, but, um, making you smile and kind of laugh along that road Yeah, is, um, it's 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 interesting to watch and i've really been enjoying it and i mean it's only just begun yeah famously i chose uh rings of power over house of the dragon early on Mm -hmm. so i'm going to reserve yeah you know my my very deep opinions about it's always dangerous to to judge a show based on like three episodes yeah (laughs) i mean so I mean, I, we did a video called "Why the White Lotus is Great," and I ended up not liking the ending. <laughs> we it both, happens. yeah, we both got hit in 2022. Right. Yeah. So that caveat. 
here's what I like about shrinking is it has that Ted Lasso flavor, which I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. Feel good. Um, it feels good. And I remember being hesitant because it's like, okay, it's a show about therapy and it's using all of these therapeutic buzzwords and, and words of advice. And mm -hmm. I'm like, is this going to be a show where it's just like a guy hears a couple of therapeutic, you know, aphorisms and then like figures things out. Mm -hmm. And it almost, the pilot almost sets it up like that. It's like, okay, he got a good talking to, he's going to make the right choices, everything. And I love how the two episodes I've seen that even though the characters are making progress, the, the human self-sabotaging element is always there at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, it, it's so true to life because, um, I've never been in traditional therapy, um, but just from like hearing people talk about it, I know it's not just like, oh, you show up a handful of times and you're good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that one step forward, two steps back thing. Yeah. And I think this show really captures that 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 um, what's the word paradoxical nature of you want this. And you state you want this, but then you choose the opposite. And yeah. and all the characters are doing this in the show, not just Jason Siegel. And yeah. it's like episode two, not to get too like much of a spoiler territory, but the daughter is saying like, you haven't been present. You haven't been showing up. You haven't been showing up. Yeah. I want you to show up. I want you to show up. And then she goes to get dinner with him and actually eat dinner with him and not her neighbor. And then uh, as soon as she sees him about to leave to go play pickleball, she just backtracks. Yeah. And she self-sabotages herself. Yeah. And I thought that was so human where it's like, oh, as soon as he shows interest in something else. I'm backing off. I'm going to back yeah. off. Because he's been saying, I want to spend time with you. And she's been going, no, it's you don't understand. You don't understand. And then as soon as he does the opposite, she does the opposite. I was yeah. like, that's so real. Because then he goes, oh, wait, were, were you were wanting you? to eat yeah. dinner with me? Like, I'll eat dinner with you. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm yeah. like, that's human. And then the neighbor she's being a surrogate mom after it passed away and um like wow what a nice woman but then you see that there actually is something a little off about her wanting to do that well and she is also leaning on yeah uh on the daughter yeah. as well it, it's a it's i'm not saying it's parasitic where she's like taking advantage of the daughter no. but she, she is using this opportunity of the neighbor not having a mom to fill the mom role in her life because she doesn't have kids to mom anymore. Right. And like, it's all that subtle stuff where I'm like, okay, it's not just like everything's rosy. Everything's perfect is all these characters have some kind of crutch mm -hmm. or, or filling a hole the wrong way in their life. Just like Jason Siegel. Yeah. And each episode has ended with that revelation of, okay, these characters are still going about things the wrong way. Even with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. And even with his other coworker, I can't remember her name, but uh, yeah, I can't remember her name yeah, she comes up and says something to the neighbor, which feels like you are super yeah, out of line. like out of line. Yeah. But at the end of the episode, you kind of see like, well, even though you were wrong to do that, mm -hmm. you're not completely, uh, in, you know, you're not completely wrong about everything that you're saying. Yeah. You went about it in a terrible way, but like you're not, yeah. it's not completely wrong what you're saying. Uh, no, I mean, personally, I'll watch anything Jason Siegel does. Yeah. I, I think I just really like everything that he's in. It doesn't even matter. Like I just, I'll watch anything Jason Siegel does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even Harrison Ford, like he is playing the wise 
kind of you know seasoned veteran of like okay he knows the answers but even he has some areas that he could work on because he refuses to talk about his family well he wants to fix jason siegel and his daughter's relationship because he can't fix his own yeah relationship with his daughter so and so you know everyone is kind of covering each other's relationships Mm -hmm. and not dealing with their own stuff and you even see that in jason siegel taking a greater interest in his patients than he is in his own situation. And, um, I think it's kind of an interesting cyclical thing that's happening because it's true that that is what we do. We, we don't deal with our own stuff. We, we project it onto other people or we try to fix other situations. We try Mm -hmm. to control what we can control. And since we don't have the answers in our own lives, often we don't, try to tackle that stuff because yeah. it feels too hard uh i like i like what the show's doing there but i also enjoy the aspect of community and like your neighbors and the people and friends in your life and your co-workers being there for each other kind of yeah. where it's like i see jason siegel is falling down in this part of his life with his daughter and so Harrison Ford's coming to to help yeah. with that and the neighbor's coming to help with that. And it's like, that's revealing damage in their own lives, but it's also helping their friends. And so I don't know. I, I enjoy that kind of, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Can you help yeah. me? Uh, I mean, other than like community, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like uh, that kind of like dual like dichotomy or like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's serving a purpose that's good, but also kind of uncovering something that's right. that's not so healthy. And uh, I just didn't, I, I really, I think that's just so smart. Isn't it crazy clever. they got Harrison Ford for this show? It is, and he's so funny. He's so funny, yeah. He is so hilarious. Like his deadpan, <laughs> just like delivery on every yeah. <laughs> on everything is so hilarious. Juxtaposed with Jason Siegel's like earnest, excited, yeah. like, yeah, earnest delivery of everything. Uh, it's that, that juxtaposition is so fun to watch and just interesting. But I mean, again, wrapping back around to kind of where we started on this episode for there to be three shows that we can talk about at length, like an in depth, like that Mm -hmm. is crazy for the beginning of 2023. Do you think that that bodes well for the year? Or yeah. that we are starting off hot and going to end cold. <laughs> I don't know if, if TV is going to be top heavy this year or not. And I don't know, maybe towards later in the year, there's going to be other shows that are even better. And then these won't end up being like even in the top five of the year. That's crazy. That's, I, I can't imagine. Like I, I feel like it's going to almost be, uh, I felt like this in 2022 a little bit. By the end of 2022, I looked back at the beginning of the year and realized like, oh my gosh, all these, yeah. like these were great shows too that I had by that time. Kind I will of, say I would be shocked if like Poker Face, Last of Us aren't in my top five of 23. Yeah. We're going to clip back to this. Yeah. I mean, they're for sure, like there's for sure going to be in the top 10, but yeah, we're going to um, take that sound bite and use it in hey, October, or November. Case, great because that means there's just like five yeah, yeah. more new shows that are just excellent exactly tv has man the past couple of years tv has been just crazy good man yeah it's been unbelievable you gotta oh, but, you gotta break your break your bank account because of all the different streaming apps and stuff and now netflix yeah, is cracking down on password sharing do you see that yeah 
Um, I did. We find a way. We find a Just way. Just share with your, all your friends like we do. Yeah, Netflix, don't don't come for us. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, but I feel yeah. like we're, we're keeping it. We're on the up and up. We're on the up we're and good. up. We're good. Yeah. We're on the up. But uh, no, yeah, it's just, it's awesome to have that much good TV going on. And I mean, there's going to be movies dropping too soon. Yeah. I'm sure that we'll, I've been well, trying to, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I don't want to get off. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in an episode coming up, we can talk about M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Knock Dude, at the Cabin. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be good. I'm so excited. I saw an interview uh, where Batista was talking about working with M. Night Shyamalan and it's, uh, it was cool. It got me, it got me pumped for that movie. I think it's going to be super interesting. Here's the thing you got to know about this channel is we are huge night fans. Yeah. I am, I am a night defender. We're not apologizing for it either. Yeah. I mean, are there certain movies I would not defend? Sure. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like, I like more of his movies than I dislike for sure. And even some that people don't like, I like. Have you watched his, uh, Apple TV show? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got off it for a little bit. I, I want to get back in, but I watched the first season. I, I really liked it. I haven't watched it. You actually. should give it a, you should I need it a to try. give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Maybe. the episodes he directs or. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude. I, yeah. Yeah. That dude, he is just one of a kind. I'm a, I'm He's a huge so fan. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, again, if you are looking for TV shows to watch, highly recommend those three TV shows we were. We were talking about you can't go wrong with Poker Face. Can't go wrong with Shrinking. If you don't like scary stuff, Last of Us might be a little tough for you, but you should power through because it's a very good show. It's very good. Yeah. So let us know what you think of all three of those shows, and also let us know: Do you agree? Do you like more episodic, formulaic shows, or are you a fan of just that eight-hour long movie? Yeah. And the bingeable content. I feel like this episode turned into a pretty interesting one because yeah. at the at the onset we were just going to talk about three shows we really liked, and we ended up talking about a much deeper topic. I feel yeah. like which is the state of where television is and, and what direction it's going and, and yeah. this kind of episodic versus yeah. uh, the other yeah, we, you know, conversation. We are the source for important conversations in the world right here. Yeah. Um, not important games. We should erase <laughs> that from our memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Jury's out if that game's even going to make the episode, but I think it will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They might have to cut up a little bit. All right. Okay, Evan, you have you have a week to find an IMDb history to the stump most, me. The most obscure. I know. I can find. All right. You're gonna like. You're gonna look for like uh, some guy who commonly plays like an extra in movies, <laughs> and like he was an extra in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the Batman guy, the one senator that's been in every Batman movie. Oh, uh, which Batman movie? Uh, no, like all of them. Oh, he, uh, the Joker held a knife to him at the party. Uh, he's like the bald guy. He's been in like apparently he's been in every Batman movie. I didn't know. That. Or no, 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 not every Batman movie. He's been in the most Batman movies of any actor. Gotcha. And he's a senator or something, and he, uh, he's a huge Batman fan. Mm. I can't remember his name. Oh, but, he's living the dream. But he's a huge Batman fan, and he donates all the money that he makes from being in Batman movies to the library where he read comic books oh, as a kid dude so I uh love this man yeah no but he's been in like five or six and i think he voiced a character in an animated batman mm. movie but he was in all the nolan ones uh 
and I think some before that. So yeah, he's been in the most of any actor apparently. All right, that's cool. There's a little fact for you. A little, little fun fact there. <laughs> That'd have been great if I just knew his name. Like, oh yeah, oh yes, Jim J- Jim Jimson. Jim Jimson. <laughs> mm. He does good work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that has been this episode. Uh, if you haven't seen a majority of the shows we talked about. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go go watch Poker Face. Yeah, do it. You won't regret it. Yeah. Even if you think you won't like it, just go watch the first episode. You're going to love it. You'll love it. So until next time, see ya. Bye.